Hello and welcome to the first 2011 podcast with TV Central. I'm Aaron Ryan. A very exciting week for Australian television with the launch of a new channel. We will, we will be saying hello to 11 at, funnily enough, 11am on January the 11th, 2011. Joining me now is Chief Programming Officer at Network 10, Mr David Mott. David, thanks so much for joining us and tell us firstly a mixed week I would imagine. The excitement of launching 11 mixed with the tragic loss of the 7pm project's Carrie Bigmore's husband, Greg Lang. Just give us an update on how Carrie and the family are doing. Uh, g'day Aaron and uh, yeah, great to, great to be here. Uh, yes, that uh, was uh, terribly sad news indeed um, for uh, for Carrie and obviously with the entire Lang family and um, our sympathies have really uh, been with her over this uh, over this time and in fact I did uh, duck over to Perth for the uh, for the funeral service uh, last week uh, and it just was the right thing to do for for Carrie and the family and I must say that. Um, there was an immense amount of support uh, around uh, around the family. I know there has been for some time, and uh, Carrie is, a, is an extraordinary person, and um, we think uh, a, a lot of her and uh, how passionate she is towards the family and and also her her work as well. And uh, we're going to give her the time that she needs, um, and uh, when she's ready, um, she will uh, she will return. Um, but it, there's no sort of set date at this stage, as you can understand. But uh, yeah, a, a, a really incredible uh, time and very emotional over there for her. But um, as I say, when she's ready, um, she will return. Yeah, certainly uh, sad news. And uh, we at TV Central, uh, TV Central extend our sympathies to Carrie and her son. Look, um, I think it was important for us to, to mention this, and um, I, I have no real way of making a segue into chatting about 11, so I'm just going to ask the first question. Um, just tell us about the vision for Channel 11. A lot of planning went into it. What did you yeah, hope look, it would 11, be? Uh, it's, it's, it's incredibly exciting. This is the week, and um, we're absolutely pumped uh, uh, with uh, the 11 team. And um, we've got a, a, a great uh, a great schedule of uh, programs coming up. Uh, much of it first run, um, as we said right from the outset. That was our clear brief and strategy was to ensure that um, we had content there that uh, that we could deliver over a, a long period of time. And 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 I think that uh, that's uh, that sort of gets us to this point this week as we really have uh, gone through and, uh, and established uh, a very, very firm, clear strategy as to how we're going to uh, launch the channel first up, but then obviously to ensure that we have that surety of content going through. And, and really that was uh, clearly the discussions and, and ongoing uh, well, ongoing with uh, CBS, our joint venture partners, in, uh, in ensuring that uh, through them that it had that sort of surety of content. And so we're delighted. The team are, uh, are working 100% uh, now and, and have been for some months. Um, but uh, really, it really came through well over 12 months ago when we started the conversations uh, in identifying that 11 was the place that we wanted to be sure. first up and then um, you know, looking at where we saw 11 not only today, but certainly in you know five, ten, fifteen years' time, uh, and um, we felt therefore it was appropriate to, to bring in a 
to bring in a, a partner with us um, and in CBS. CBS was right in that mix because of uh, their fantastic library of content and uh, as I've said before, 70,000 hours of some of the best library content that will largely fill the daytime schedule. Um, some of those classic shows that um, a lot of people uh, are watching elsewhere um, and they are proven performers elsewhere, uh, not only in Australia but also overseas. So we've looked long and hard at, uh, at what, uh, what the content would be and uh, so we're delighted to have that there. And then obviously even through that joint venture with CBS it creates the ability to, to really come up with, a, with, a, with an overall strategy and a schedule for the prime time uh, of first-run content, uh, with a lot of first-run content, and also the ability to do a number of other other things within the schedule uh, and across the channel uh, overall to uh, to create a point of difference to uh, what the other channels are doing. And I think that's one of the good things that we've had. Yeah. We've actually got the, the benefit of time now to to sit back and have a look at at what the others are doing. And and I think that um, when you see the rollout uh, this week it will become very apparent to our approach to the channel. Um, I mean, the first up is obviously the fact that we've gone with the, with the number 11, uh, not with uh, a, a go or a mate or what have you, and certainly not taking anything away from those channels. Uh, they have performed exceptionally well, and I think that only puts us in very good stead, and certainly it speaks volumes of, of free-to-air television overall, in terms of the digital take-up and what it means in a, in a multi-channeling sense. But um, they have been successful, um, and, uh, but still from our, our own point of view, we wanted to create our own position in the market. Um, and so we elected to, um, we, we, we had the Spectrum 11, uh, so therefore why not use it as our brand name? And uh, let's face it, it's only one small button push-up from 10, hmm. uh, as simple as that, rather than going to you know, 111 or something like that. So yeah, that's it, it certainly uh, does provide that opportunity and, and, and for us, and again, as I've said in, in other areas, that at the end of the day, multi-channeling won't exist. It's not, it won't be called multi-channel. They will just all be channels. So an analogue switch-off happens at the end of 2013 um, that um, they will just become channels uh, and each will uh, will live and breathe and die on uh, on the success of the channel's content. Uh, and it's how you position those individual channels. Um, so for us, it was important that um, 11 was uh, was built today that could certainly be a very strong channel for us going forward in the future. Well, you did mention there uh, having a clear strategy. One of the uh, strategies, I guess, that you had uh, uh, mentioned to the media a couple of months ago, unofficial uh, tagline, I guess, for 11 is, what airs on 11 stays on 11. I'm just wondering if you're, if you're prepared to stand by that statement is, and if that's the aim of 2011. I ask that because I noticed that The Simpsons is going to, going to be on 10 and, and 11 well, at least for a week. I don't know the, the schedules after that. And I'm hearing Neighbours may be repeated on 10. So is, is that uh, what airs on 11, stays on 11 going to be the case? Well, Aaron, strangely enough in this business and uh, strategies do, do, do change. People say things and then do another. But I can absolutely categorically say to you that, um, that, we, that was a fir very firm belief of ours in how we positioned 11 and nothing has changed in that view. So, uh, and again, that's probably one of the reasons why we elected to sort of hold uh, on launching 11 until this time of the year, 
Um, obviously, we, we, we could well be talking about our new strategy a bit later on, but clearly there was that opportunity that as we moved into creating new content uh, between 6 and 7, that, that did free up the Simpsons. Um, and so I can absolutely say to you that uh, once we launch our new strategy that the Simpsons will only be seen on 11. In regards to Neighbours, yeah, there was a bit of back and forth on Neighbours um, pre-Christmas. We were, we were debating uh, whether, we, whether we launched uh, uh, it uh, a little bit ahead of 11. Uh, we then discussed the simulcast. And then I think the bottom line was that uh, Grant Blackley, Beverly McGarvey and myself all sat down and really decided that the best opportunity for uh, Neighbours and for 11 was to launch it concurrently. So uh, it will be exclusively on 11, uh, and it will not be shown on 10 at all. Uh, we are in fact going to do a little encore of Neighbours on 11 the following morning at 8.30am. Uh, but uh, again, it will only be seen on 11. And again, that is sort of where we sort of come from when we sort of set up the DNA of the channel, trying to create this real point of difference to the other channels. And again, not taking anything away from the others, but trying to find our reason for belonging in a fairly crowded sort of mix of, of uh, general entertainment channels, both obviously in a free-to-air sense but also in pay TV, um, that we did want to create a channel that could uh, survive uh, the long term by having uh, unique content that does play only on 11, and that is still firmly our view. Well, let's talk about some of that unique content. The first uh, two weeks of programming have been released and many of the titles that you uh, advertised in the schedule um, as, as part of the strategy are all there in that initial lineup: The Simpsons, Neighbours, 90210, The Office, The Cleveland Show, Futurama, Stargate Universe, So You Think You Can Dance, Californication, Next Top Model, Supernatural, Dexter, Smallville. So they're all there. But I You're noticed... it well for me. Keep going. Yes. They're all there. Um, I noticed, though, that if uh, 10 had only uh, shown less than half a season of a show, such as the Cleveland show, Stargate 90210, you've chosen to restart those shows from season one, episode one, and build into the new episodes. But if they had uh, longer seasons, you know, the office is up to, you know, season five, season six or something, um, that you've decided to start where Channel 10 left off. So is that the strategy? Yeah, look, pretty much. Obviously, uh, as we launch the channel, we've got some, some sort of uh, door prizes, uh, as we call it, from, uh, from our, our 10 scheduling. Um, and so it was a judgment call that um, really Beverly McGarvey has made in regard to how we launched those episodes. And uh, yeah, it absolutely makes sense and, and, and fully support it that with a Battlestar, um, sorry, not with a Battlestar, but uh, with Stargate, that yeah, we only played a couple of episodes on 10, so we sort of thought, well, let's sort of go back to the beginning. Um, and with other, other series that we're a fair way in, well, then let's just start with the fresh episodes. So there's a combination of both to sort of maximise maximise the episodes, but to also make sure that they launch in the most effective way for the viewers who are coming into the series for the first time. A few questions about the uh, primetime shows. Uh, of the shows that were announced to be coming to 11, the, the only few shows that were new or had new episodes that are missing in action from the initial lineup are, I noticed, One Tree Hill, Melrose Place, Dollhouse, and perhaps the US version of The Biggest Loser. Any word on, on those titles? Yeah, well, well, we haven't launched our full season schedule yet, so give us a break. We're, 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 we're certainly getting there. Um, God, you, you blokes on everything. 
we're we're there. Uh, we've 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 got our first quarter schedule there. We clearly have a number of episodes uh, up our sleeve that uh, we uh, will we will have to run for many 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 weeks. If you look at Supernatural, which will then roll through the later series, you've got Smallville. So that's going to that's going to put us in good stead for for certain the first half of the year, given you've got some 20, 30 weeks of episodes. Um, and then, uh, as we see fit, we'll obviously uh, uh, start to roll out the remaining schedule. But we've certainly got a pretty good idea about what the uh, what the remaining of the the year looks like. But uh, let's just take one step at a time. Excellent, uh, neighbours. Uh, what what ex- expectations do you have for the show, and uh, what can fans expect in two thousand and eleven? Uh, pretty much uh, the show that they know and love. And uh, the good thing about Neighbours is a very strong core base there. And um, whilst obviously it's been a tough one for the show on 10 uh, in the last couple of years, but there's no question that um, there's a strong, very strong loyal base there, uh, particularly with the target uh, audience for 11. Um, so it absolutely made, made sense. Um, I'm particularly proud of the fact that um, we're launching a multi-channel with the first drama series Uh, and I think that says a lot about how we're positioning Eleven and and our views on on multi-channeling. And um, certainly, uh, really, nothing has changed in terms of the due diligence and processes that we apply to all our shows and that goes for Neighbours as well. You're going to see some rockin' storylines coming up uh, and uh, our head of drama, Rick Mayer, uh, is well on top of the series and uh, I think they're in for a fantastic year. In terms of performance, um, look, we know that uh, uh, as it does with any series, as you launch in summer, then it moves into winter, that the section use will grow um, and we have our own sort of views on where we see the numbers initially. Uh, and I'm not necessarily going to share those with you now, Aaron, but uh, certainly uh, we have a, a fairly good idea about where, where we see the figures and where we want to get to by, by winter. But certainly no question that it's totally right for the channel. It's the perfect fit for Eleven, and uh, we're very excited about uh, the storylines moving forward. How did you know what the next question was going to be? <laughs> um, about that. Are we... Look, I've sold all the shows that are currently on. Is there anything else, um, any other major shows that we can expect on 11, perhaps later in the year or later on? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not going to share those with you. Oh, good. We certainly, uh, given the the, the, the sort of time we've had, we've been uh, very clear in in really establishing a a strong portfolio of, of shows going forward. And and let's face it, I mean, you know, the, the, the US content, we're in a very strong position with our US studios, with both 20th Century Fox and CBS, and the benefit of those studios in what they bring us um, with uh, content across both channels uh, is perfect, absolutely perfect. And, um, you know, when you look at CBS that produces uh, shows for, for CBS, uh, your NCISs and uh, and Good Wife, and then you've got Hawaii Five-O, which um, is an absolute blinder. Uh, that's uh, that's a ripper of a show. That one, and with you know Blue Bloods coming up and Defenders, they're very broad, very big uh, shows for ten. Um, and then you've got your likes of your sort of 90210s and and shows like that, that uh, also from our CBS deal that fit perfectly 
on 11. So it really is the best of both worlds for us from that point of view. And likewise with Fox, I mean the, the, the Fox uh, content, um, we're thrilled when we have that deal back. And you've seen the results of our Fox deal with, uh, with Glee and, and Modern Family. Yeah. There's been a lot of discussion about, oh, Glee, you're going to run second episodes on, on 11 or, or reruns on 11. Well, again, for the same principle that what stays on 11, or what plays on 11 stays on 11 is the same principle for 10. Uh, and, uh, and Glee absolutely belongs on 10, as does, as does Modern Family. But obviously with The Simpsons, with Futurama, and there's a number of new series coming through from Fox that you'll see roll out from 11, uh, or on 11 because they tonally are right. So for, for 10 and 11, we're in the best position going forward to create those big, broad-based uh, shows, family entertainment shows for 10, uh, and, uh, and then for 11, the cool younger shows. So it really is the best of both worlds, and, and we are absolutely in the best position with our US content. Uh, and then also, sort of dubbed something that equally important for uh, Eleven, um, is um, our view on uh, domestic content. And I think that Neighbours uh, should not be taken lightly in the investment that, uh, mm. that, that this joint venture is making in Neighbours on Eleven. It is significant um, and we think warranted for all the reasons I've said before. Um, but it's not going to end there. Um, we obviously, through SPA, we under, undertook a, uh, a pitch session uh, and my executive producers uh, have gone through and done the hard yards in assessing uh, some 300 proposals for, uh, wow. for potential shows for 11. And um, we actually have some very good ideas that have actually come out of that. And uh, there was a winner and uh, we'll be piloting uh, later next week for that program. I won't go into details yet. But again, I think that's just the start of, of where we see the opportunity for domestic content on 11. So I think, make no mistake, that um, really, um, whilst the primary channel for 10 is always going to be the, be the primary channel, I think that with 11, we're certainly well down the path of ensuring that um, we have the resources, the content, the people, uh, and everything in place to ensure the, the longevity for the channel, and also in terms of you know U.S. content versus uh, domestic content. Um, earlier in, in your response, you were talking about the, the some of the catalogs you have, CBS Library, and so forth. Just one question on the daytime lineup: um, You've got shows like Jag, Family Ties, The Brady Bunch, Touched by an Angel, Roseanne, Happy Days, things like that. A real mix of classics and some nineties stuff as well. I'm just wondering what audience you're, you're going for there. I notice in the morning you've got a sort of a younger skewing show like uh, Seventh Heaven, leading into The Love Boat. Uh, just wondering what the, the daytime strategy. Is. Yeah, well, it's it's the, the overall the overall target is that sort of thirteen to thirteen to twenty nine or thirteen to thirty audience, as you know. That's largely the prime time, um, and that sort of goes back to the days of you know when you when you strategically position a channel. Um, but certainly, uh, if we were to position the channel with that demographic for daytime, then I think we all know what the result would be. It would be way too niche and too and too young. So the ability of having this CBS library of content there is that we can sort of broaden out slightly. It's still got, it'll, it'll be that sort of retro cool, so there's a bit of a TV one in there, I think. Um, and um, so it's a female grocery buyer, grocery buyer being obviously a target demographic that um, sales require. 
Sure. Because if you go out and market the audience, because essentially that is the daytime audience. So it's no different to the way um, all networks um, really uh, market and program their daytime schedule. Um, if you look at 10 with Oprah and Dr. Phil and Ready Steady Cook, they are all targeted, Judge Judy and Bold and Beautiful, they're all targeted towards um, a female daytime audience because that is the available audience. So essentially we've taken a, a, a similar similar path there with with that daytime schedule with all those sort of much-loved um, series and comedies. I'm just uh, skipping around with, with questions here. Uh, just to one that I'm getting some feedback from and, you know, people the blogosphere and stuff like that. The only major feedback I had was about The Simpsons missing from 6pm weeknights, um, thinking that you might have done that. As, why have you decided not to go with The 6pm Simpsons on, on 11? Um, well, really because um, we have the opportunity to utilise um, the CBS content early evening. Sure. Um, and we felt that it was an opportunity to showcase The Simpsons at 730 um, and that's what we've done. There's more of an available audience, uh, and uh, you know, rather than at six o'clock, uh, more people are sort of settled into the evening. So the younger kids can go off and watch The Simpsons and Futurama and Cleveland and shows like that. Then the uh, then the uh, the mum and dad in the house and the, and the older audience of the households can go off and watch MasterChef. So I think you know the the benefit and the sum of all the parts in terms of how we're crafting the two show, two channels absolutely makes sense. So therefore. It, it, it did make sense in terms of Simpsons in placing that at 7.30. Uh, just a question, so I guess we we can all know a little bit about how TV works behind the scenes. Um, notice that Eleven has Get Smart and Hogan's Heroes, I guess part of that deal. Um, both of those shows are screening on Go. H how does that work in terms of acquisitions? I mean, can two networks simultaneously acquire the same show or, or do Go and Eleven have the rights to different seasons or something? Yeah, no, essentially no. Um, you, you, you can't have uh, the same series across uh, multiple networks. Um, that just goes against um, everything and, and that doesn't serve the viewer's interest at all. Uh, in regard to, uh, to Hogan's Heroes, Get Smart and, and Fraser as well, which we will now own, that uh, those shows have been running on go, um, but only, um, only selected seasons or a season. Um, and certainly um, their rights will run out very soon. Um, so um, therefore, it's almost a sort of handover, I suppose. Um, but we're absolutely thrilled that those shows are on uh, are on 11. Um, they've, they've done well for Go, um, and they've done well in the pay-TV environment as well, and there's still an audience out there. So the episodes that we'll have will be a lot fresher episodes, uh, and they haven't been, uh, been utilised uh, on Go. So okay. they'll, be, they'll be new to 11, they won't be the Go episodes, um, but certainly the entire franchise of those series will revert to 11 ongoing from now on. Okay, well finally the last question on, about 11, perhaps the, the biggest question on everyone's lips, and just wondering how patient you will be with this lineup. Now I ask that because I'm sure you're aware 9 is very, very trigger happy with the Go schedule, with amendments being made literally daily, um, shows being pulled left, right and centre, Big Bang Theory being, being put in to, to add demo points and stuff like that. Um, could this happen with 11 or are you looking at maintaining a, more, a much more stable schedule? Uh, I, look, we, we certainly are of the view that we've put our best foot forward with the schedule. Um, clearly, we're going to be as competitive as the others. 
Um, so really, it's up to uh, up to uh, your readers of your site, your listeners of this podcast. It's up to them um, as to um, whether a show will survive or not. I mean, that's the bread and butter. There is no reason having a show on the schedule um, if it doesn't perform. So nothing changes uh, in, from, from from that point of view, and uh, that may go against the grain of uh, of a number who are listening to this. But at the end of the day, um, that's the business we're in. The good thing about these multi-channels is that you do have the opportunity to give shows more time. And I think that one thing I'll always say about 10, and I think that uh, everyone would agree with this, that we do, we do give shows more time to find their feet, to establish an audience. Um, and I think we've proven that over many years with many examples, and obviously the latest being the, you know, with the 7pm project and how well that's doing now. Uh, but it's, it's early days with the other networks, with... Um, with everyone, including a number of uh, of, uh, of your uh, listeners and the readers of your site, who were damning its its, uh, its demise, mm. um, we uh, really did sort of rise above all that and stay with it because we believed in it. So we will make those calls uh, as we see fit. If we see potential, if we see there's a trend, uh, then the shows will survive. Uh, but I can't absolutely categorically say to you that there won't be changes as we roll out the series. But the good news is that, um, you know, as, as I said before, these multi-shows are giving the opportunity in the space for these shows to roll out. Um, and uh, obviously with uh, whatever we replace them with, should they not seem fit to, uh, to be well accepted by the audience, uh, in some respects, that's not our fault. <laughs> it's mm. the audience for, uh, for not accepting those shows. And there's a reason why the ratings are low. It's because they haven't been accepted and therefore um, they should be taken off. Now, obviously, uh, television is a very subjective world that we live in and uh, people have their individual tastes. You've only got to read uh, the blogosphere and uh, what people have to say and everyone has individual tastes. At the end of the day, we do have to be something for as many people as we can particularly in our target demographic. But again, as I said, that 10 is very respectful for our audience, or we try to be. Uh, and I know that's very subjective, but we will always give shows time to find their feet. But I must say that we'll always make the change should we see it necessary. Well, plenty of excitement with the launch of 11. Can't wait. Judging by the forum chats across many Australian websites, neither can the fans, uh, especially the Wednesday animation night, hearing a lot of talk about that. Firm yeah, favourite. There's a lot of good things there, and I think the other thing worth mentioning is that, again, when we talk about the sort of difference between uh, the other channels, is um, we've had a long look at um, the audience of, uh, of where we see 11, and... Uh, and yeah, you're right, the animation night is really strong. Uh, we haven't spoken about Labby and Stav. Uh, we do see the opportunity to add, uh, add a multi-layered approach to uh, Eleven. And uh, we're actually going to have uh, the sort of face of Eleven being uh, Labby and Stav. And these two guys are uh, uh, do breakfast radio uh, for mm -hmm. B105 up in Brisbane. Are very successful. Um, and we made the decision, and again, it's an investment in the channel as well, to create uh, an opportunity to uh, have uh, a face of the channel, and these guys will be hosting uh, couch time between four and uh, four and six thirty Monday to Friday. They're going to launch the channel. Um, they will be there at 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Uh, I was up in Brisbane uh, on Friday as we laid down the first uh, hosting hosting segments, and they're a real talent. These guys uh, are an absolute find, and uh, we certainly haven't seen. Uh, 
I think what we're seeing is only the beginning of uh, of this duo team, and uh, we are thrilled that they are part of of the network. And uh, part of that is going to be the sort of social engagement was where we see Eleven, and it's going to be through um, through the iPhone. We're launching an iPhone app on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, for Eleven, yeah. and also through you know the iPad, what have you. And it certainly goes to prove that with the with the technology take up of uh, of digital uh, television receivers and set top box, and, and but also with the extensions through you know iPad and iPhone, that we're going to embrace all of those technologies, and uh, our our viewers will have the opportunity to fully engage with the channel in more ways than just a uh, a, a kind of broadcast sense. It's very much a lean forward approach that we're taking to the channel. They'll contribute in a number of ways, and that will become more evident as the channel rolls out. Um, but soon I can say to you that um, within the couch time segments, our audience will have the ability to, to tweet and have their comments live uh, between 4 and, and 6.30, Monday to Friday. And um, there'll be another, uh, another level uh, of engagement that we're going to roll out. But certainly it's the sort of... Uh, it's almost a three-screen approach that we're taking to to Eleven, and that we've had a good look at what the others are doing. They've got some great shows on their broadcast channel, but there's very little happening in the digital space in terms of those those mm. digital extensions that we're talking about, and we're really going to exploit those to to their full potential. Well, I don't think anyone's going to forget the uh, launch date. I don't think you possibly could. Eleven a.m. eleventh of January two thousand eleven. So that's uh, likely not to be forgotten. Um, Let's move to the main channel, but but before we uh, look at the 2000... Can I mention one more thing about yes, 11? Yes, of course, uh, of course. And that was uh, just in regard to, um, and it's only because I, I watched it this morning, but uh, we're, uh, we're bringing to 11 a new, uh, new late-night uh, television show, a new late-night host from the US in uh, The Late Show with Craig, Craig. Ferguson. Mm. Well, the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Uh, and um, through, and again, this is through our, uh, our CBS uh, arrangement. Um, Craig uh, is uh, Scottish, he's um, hilarious and uh, he is an absolute fan of the channel um, and even to the point where um, his first show, well our first show at 11, uh, we really wanted to sort of create a bit of a statement rather than just run sort of an episode of, uh, of something for daytime, we felt it was important to, a bit of a showcase, so we're, our first show is going to be Craig Ferguson. Uh, and what I'm thrilled about is that uh, um, through CBS they approach Craig and uh, he's actually Australianised the first episode uh, mm -hmm. and his opening monologue is one of the most hilarious monologues I've heard in a long time from, from any late night talk show host um, and he does talk about Eleven and um, throughout his show he throws in certain uh, Australian references. So um, he's really embraced it, and you're going to see a lot more of Craig, and obviously he's going to play out Monday to Friday at 10.30, but I um, thought that was worth throwing in there, uh, the level of, uh, of interest. So 11's gone global. Yes, yes. I, d I did see that on, on the web that he was throwing in quite a few Australian references. I didn't realise it was quite to the uh, masses what you're, you're saying it is, but uh, yeah, it should be good. 10.30 weeknights. That's it. Um, yeah, before we m move on to the main channel, just a quick wrap-up of summer. Um, you did finish off Rush and you did finish off Recruits. Um, Outrageous Fortune will be finished uh, in a couple of weeks. So that just leaves three programs on the fence. 
Uh, first one I have to mention because it's my one of my favourite shows on TV, summer or non-summer, and that's White Collar. I love it. Um, if it if it uh, runs until January the nineteenth, only seven episodes would have screened. Is is will that be continuing or is that uh, going to be off for a little while? Jesus, you blokes are too close to this. I tell you. Uh, yeah, you might be right, um, but who said we're going to finish it then? Um, well, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> well, and I'm not going to tell you. But uh, oh. we're, we're, we're certainly in the throes of finalising our schedule at the moment. Uh, look, that might be a lie. Maybe we have finalised it. <laughs> but, of course um, you have. What White Collar's done, yeah, maybe we have. But White, White Collar's actually done a, done a very good job for us. Um, I reckon it's only a summer show, though. Um, and we'll continue to assess its suitability elsewhere in the schedule. It's a long year. There's a lot of days. There's a lot of weeks. So uh, it's nice to have it there as a, on the reserve bench when someone gets injured. So we'll just see how it rolls out. But it's a good little show. I, I, I'm with you. I like it as well. Um, but, you know, let's just see how the year plays out. Same, uh, going to get the same response with rules of engagement? Yeah, probably. Again, I think it's, uh, it's a good fit for 10 for summer. And look, that's not, you know, that's not a bad thing for, for everyone who's, you know, I mean, basically it's better than running reruns all, all, all over summer. And I think that, you know, things have changed now. And, you know, if you've got a, a summer show there that, 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 that fits the bill, then, then why not? Um, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a 52-week year in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, it's a lot of content, a lot of hours to fill. Mm. So, um, you know, the days of summer, as we, as we know it, are a thing of the past. Um, and, you know, we're still looking at the ratings every day, sadly. And so, you know, nothing changes. So rules engaged. And, yeah, but again, let's just see how it goes. Yeah, it's actually done a pretty good job on a Sunday night. And the last one, which was a new US series that you fast-tracked, Raising Hope, which is a, a hilarious. Um, how, how did you track that over the summer? And, and it, perhaps is that continuing? Or? I love Raising Hope. I think it is hilarious. And I, you know, was a fan of the show when we saw it in the US. Um, I love My Name is Earl, and it's from the same producers. And, mm. and the show's actually got better and better. And we've been tracking it um, really closely over, over summer, and it's done a, a, a good job. And it's, you know, it's, it's certainly uh, punching above its weight in its target de- demo. Um, so, uh, again, uh, I wouldn't say we have an embarrassment of riches, but it's sort of one that kind of probably sits on the bubble. Um, but, you know, nice problem to have. Uh, and let's just see how it sort of, uh, how the year rolls out. But um, I certainly think it's got a role to play on the 10 schedule. Excellent. Yeah, very funny show. Um, okay, the 2011 lineup. Um, let's start with the international shows. Now, you've got NCIS. NCISLA, Lie to Me, Good Wife, House, Undercover Boss USA, Glee, and Modern Family all back with new episodes. First stuff, I believe. Uh, would it be fair? Well, I believe so. <laughs> all right, well, you're, you're okay. I'll take your word for it. If if that was the case, would it if would it be? That was the case. Yes, would it be fair to say that um, uh, that this year is probably the best selection you've had for U.S. product in output deals when you take into account these existing shows and, of course, the new shows that you've got? Absolutely. Uh, we, we, I, I've got to tell you um, that um, over my years at 10, and uh, I've had many long, dark uh, flights back um, where I'd almost drink the bar clean um, from the air hosties from uh, what uh, we got out of the U.S., which was literally nothing. 
um, and it started to turn us around uh, probably when NCIS came through. Um, it was interesting. CBS, or Paramount as it was known then, there was CBS and then there was Paramount and then they merged and um, Paramount didn't have an actual exclusive deal for any, any broadcaster in Australia, so um, we made a bit of a beeline for them. And uh, we had a we had a few dud years there, um, but uh, we forged a very strong relationship with them. And uh, I have a lot of I, I have a lot of time for Les Moonves. I think he's a brilliant uh, a, a brilliant architect of television. And uh, I was going to put uh, I was I was I was on his side. You know, I felt that uh, if he's running CBS. And when they uh, when they soaked up Paramount, that made enormous sense for us to strengthen our relationship with CBS. And so uh, we had Columbia all those years ago, uh, Sony Columbia, and they were great for ten. Uh, and then they just dried up, and they got out of the television game. So those long dark days of flying back from LA with absolutely no shows uh, was tough. Um, mm. And uh, we then had to obviously move very heavy into domestic content. So, long story short, is that um, yeah, we're in a, a, a much better position now um, with CBS and with Fox. Uh, and again, it was great to have Fox back. Those dark days was when we didn't have Fox, didn't have CBS, we didn't have Columbia, we had nothing. Uh, and um, so, for us now, um, yeah, I reckon we're in really good shape. And we've got some good comedies, some good dramas, all, all, all the returning shows that we want to come back have come back. Um, so um, away we go. And we've got a, you know, a couple of fairly strong domestic shows in there as well. So I think in terms of diversity for 10, um, I think it's probably going to be the strongest, it's the strongest schedule that we could possibly put forward at this point in time for, for many, many years. Uh, two new series that are... Are possibly uh, starting soon. Uh, Blue Blue Bloods and uh, Hawaii Five O. Um, how is, how are you finding they're tracking overseas? And um, I gather you perhaps watched a couple of episodes of that. So how do you think they're going? I absolutely have. Um, the benefit of the Christmas break uh, was to catch up on all the episodes. I've seen every episode of Hawaii that's gone to wear and of Blue Bloods. I'm a huge fan of both. They're both very different shows. Um, and um, Hawaii Five-O is an absolute standout. It's, it's, it's some of the best scripts in terms of how they've established those characters and um, with some fantastic action. It's almost as if they've really heightened and, and increased the budget and, and, and really given it, uh, given it a lot more energy. And the show just gets better and better. And uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, and Blue Blood's a very different show. Tom Selleck, The Return... Uh, for him, for television, he did a bit of a stint on Friends, and that went down very well. And I think there'll be strong expectations for the return of Blue Blood with Tom Selleck, and Donnie Wahlberg as well is in the mix. And great ensemble. Um, it's that multi-generational uh, family of cops um, that really does totally. They got it right with um, with the A story every week, but then this underlying B story there. It's a solid, solid, good-looking show, and uh, slightly broader than uh, than where Hawaii Five-O sits, but absolutely both in the sweet spot of where Ten should be. And again, it helps to confirm our position of Ten and Eleven in in, in where we view both uh, both networks. But um, they're great shows, and there is no question that they're going to be be renewed for a second season. 
uh, they're an absolute slam dunk. Blue Bloods, uh, I would have thought particularly, is doing well overseas because it's getting 10 million viewers, which is which is above average, but it, it, that's actually on a Friday night um, where viewing levels are traditionally lower. So 10 million viewers on a Friday night, it's now moving to a, to a new slot because uh, it's doing so well on Friday night. It's going earlier in the week on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, I think. So Yeah, yeah. It's going Wednesdays on CBS off the back of Criminal Minds. And uh, you're absolutely right that, um, that uh, maybe you'd like to be a programmer, Aaron, but that oh. show is, um, is on a Friday night, 10 million, it's actually doing more than that, like 10, 11, 12 million on a Friday night is on a, like a, you know, 17 or 18 million on a Monday night. So it's, mm. it's, it's been the real standout, but it's just a solid looking show. And, um, you know, we think it's, uh, it's absolutely going to find a, find a place on the 10 schedule. I mean, there's no easy time slots and it's getting harder and harder, but it's a good looking show. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, again, with that one, a Y five O, I think we've had the best one of our dramas out of out of the US this season by a long way. Well, those two shows will begin very shortly on ten inverted commas, maybe, because you can't you confirm that. that. Yeah, well, I'll I'll I'll, st- I'll say that, and then I'll stand by that too. We'll see see what happens with the uh, Australian product. You've got uh, Bondi Rescue talking about your generation. Good news week and biggest loser families starting with new episodes very soon. Uh, tell us more about the biggest loser and its format this year and how how it'll be scheduled. Uh, well, I'm not going to reveal our schedule at this point in time. Uh, that would oh, just, just mean in terms of strip, but, uh, strip, strip. But, it, but in terms of um, biggest loser, I was at a screening uh, yesterday. Uh, and um, viewed uh, the first week, uh, and uh, it absolutely works. And uh, we had a lot of issues last year with the show. It actually ended really well. Uh, we got off to a, to a rocky start um, with, uh, a potent- with a particular issue with uh, one of the contestants, and we had to edit two weeks' worth of shows down to two nights. Uh, that was a challenge. And, and there's no question it was a challenge for the viewers as well because they didn't have a clue what was going on. And uh, nor do we, for that matter. But it was it was a tough one, and look, you know, the the producers did the best job they could, but it was uh, it was a tough one. Um, and um, we've uh, the shows the shows reverted to Shine for the first year, um, who were the originators of the uh, of the production um, of the format, and uh, they have put an enormous amount of work into the series and. And uh, I think what you're going to see this year is something quite special. And we've been teasing it over summer. Uh, and I was really happy with the first week. And, and like all these shows, they grow over time. But uh, we've got some pretty amazing challenges that we're going to set with them. Some we, uh, that we may have been leaked already, but there's a few that obviously can't because uh, we, uh, they're, they're still filming at the moment and they'll, uh, they'll hear about them. But uh, there's a couple of biggies coming up. So I'm really happy with uh, with the schedule. Yeah, the actual number of hours might be adjusted slightly, but uh, predominantly you're still going to have a lot of weeks there um, of Biggest Loser. Um, but, you know, the benefit is that we've got a lot of shows now uh, to run at 7.30, and uh, but at this point in time with Biggest Loser, it's, it's a great series going forward. And uh, also, obviously, with Generation, uh, that's going to be back uh, at the start of the year as well. And uh, we're about to go into pre-production with that. Granada have done a great job. And what I love about what, how Granada have embraced this series is that they don't rest on their laurels at all. They are always looking for ways to improve the series and come up with bigger stunts and more games. And, 
and uh, that show is, has always been special to us given that it was an idea uh, that uh, came to us on paper and right from the start it's been sort of visualised uh, uh, from the get-go uh, with no format from overseas. So, so that's been a good one and uh, that's going to be there uh, as, well as, as well as Good News Week and yes, Bondi Rescue, which we're currently filming and there's been some great activity uh, on Bondi Beach. Um, so uh, overall, yeah, very happy with, uh, with what we've got on offer for the first half of next year or this year. Um, just, I know you can't go into too many details, it's a little bit in advance, but the, the, the renovators, I mean, that's been touted as one of the biggest Australian productions ever. I mean, what, what little piece or teaser can you give us about that show? Uh, we're currently auditioning for uh, contestants. In fact, uh, my head of factual, uh, David Williams, is uh, currently uh, interstate um, as we are going through and finalising our contestants. Um, look, there's some great space with, um, with our home renovation market and it's been one that we've been keen on uh, for some time. Um, obviously with the success of, of MasterChef, um, we really wanted to create uh, a show in that lifestyle space. Um, so we tried to find you know, the next world um, that we could exploit, I suppose, uh, and to really capitalise on. Um, that's something that you know people uh, people uh, lived and did almost every day. Um, and let's face it, uh, a, a person's uh, home is their castle. Mm. Um, and uh, it was with that simple notion that we felt that there was absolutely something in the uh, the home renovation market. Um, and uh, so, with conversations again with Shine, who really were the creators, or who were really behind the success of, uh, of our version of MasterChef. There was no question they were the success behind uh, our version of MasterChef that we felt it right to talk to them about uh, coming up with something that was uh, along those lines and uh, what they came up with was renovators. And uh, yeah, it's going to be big, absolutely big. And uh, it's not something that uh, you've seen in this market um, or uh, in any market for that matter. And it will be on multiple nights. Uh, won't give too much away more than that. And obviously, uh, it will uh, be a handover from uh, from MasterChef uh, to lead us into the uh, well and truly into the second and third parts quarters of 2011. Lovely. Uh, another show that was in the I guess production schedule as a program called Class of. Are you, are you able to tell us a, a, a sort of what that show is? Yeah, Class Of was a format that um, uh, my team uh, found. Uh, Beverly McGarvey, myself and, uh, and Steffi Neville, our European correspondent, were at uh, a MIP television market, um, which uh, many of your listeners and readers will probably be aware of. It's one of two television markets in Cannes in the south of France. And um, we sat in a session um, of uh, a pitch session with a number of broadcasters on various shows and it was a Sunday morning and uh, it was something that uh, it was very early on a Sunday morning and uh, we were uh, we were keen to hear uh, what was around and um, uh, there's a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of shows that you just wouldn't even give a second thought to and it was probably about an hour and a half into the session and suddenly this woman got up on stage in this auditorium and it's from public television um, mm. in Sweden and just sort of spoke about um, this format uh, that he called Class Of. 
And um, she was sort of talking about it, and we sort of looked at each other and said, oh, this sounds quite interesting. And then they ran the uh, the teaser tape, the sizzle for it, and um, we just both couldn't, we, we, all three of us couldn't believe it. And we both had this, we all had the same uh, the same uh, expressions on our face, and which was, my God, this is fantastic. And we, uh, within an hour, uh, we had tracked down the distributor of the uh, of the format. Uh, and uh, had secured a deal for the format in this market. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you've got to be. When you believe in something, you've got to get onto it. Otherwise, it's going to... Uh, you, you, you'll absolutely miss it. Uh, and so uh, we secured the format, um, and uh, we then uh, had to decide on the production company. Uh, we went with Shine only because um, of Jamie's Kitchen Australia. Um, it is an observational documentary series, it's very honest. It's it's as it is. It's not constructed in any way like a Master Shift, Biggest Loser, or Renovators. Very different shows. So it does need that sensibility to it. Um, and um, uh, we and 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 we just felt that that world of, of of academia hasn't really been exposed to television. We thought it was a really important piece of television. We thought it was very timely. Um, through the government government initiatives here, with the with with the uh, the my school website activity, um, and let's face it, when you've got a, a broad audience out there with, with children, there's a lot of interest. And having three kids myself, most who are mm-hmm. at school, um, the amount of uh, time uh, they take in terms of studying and the level of interest that us as parents have in our kids with their well-being and and, and how they are doing at school, we thought this was really really timely. Um, and uh, so uh, um, we've now uh, gone through the due, due diligence with Shine, um, and uh, we're now in a position to be in pre-production uh, very, very soon on the series. But it's one that I'm very proud of because I, I actually think that um, it's uh, because it hasn't been done before, uh, and I think it is going to strike a chord and, and, and potentially sort of rock the system for uh, for education here, which I think is. Uh, is certainly timely and and certainly needed. Lovely, and because it, because it's a brand new concept, I guess that means it's uh, you're going to when it comes up later on, you're going to put it out there. Everyone's going to say that's not going to work. How could that possibly work? And it'll work just fine. And then uh, that's usually what happens now with some of those ten programs, isn't it? Well, I think that uh, I, I I don't know if that's particularly true. Look, at the end of the day, I, I think that everyone's got their own thoughts and views on on shows and how they roll out. Um, and you're probably you know probably using the the MasterChef um, example there. Uh, and yeah, that was obviously Big Brother. Just as a way they the market spent. Oh, Big Brother to a lesser degree. Mm. Uh, I know that Idol that you know people would sort of pass up on Idol and uh, and if it was a, a good deal somewhere else. Um, but you know, there's there's no there's no easy way out with with with, with television. You are absolutely not going to get it right all the time, I and mean, that's just it is just a roll of dice. And uh, you do look at uh, experience of what what what's come before it. But I suppose a lot of it is the sort of gut feel. Uh, but television is a very subjective place, and the only thing I'd say is that you've got to leave your own personal views out the door um, because it just doesn't come into play when you're. You know, when you're, you're you're thinking about what the greater population of of, of Australia want to watch, sure. Um, so you know, there's all those things. But uh, the only thing I'd say about class off is that we had our upfronts uh, late last year, um, and uh, the response to the sizzle uh, was extraordinary. In fact, the response to from an advertiser's 
point of view has been fantastic and uh, we're, uh, we're securing a, a number of sponsors now for the show. In fact, uh, Renovators and Classalt um, have been uh, very well received from the point of view of advertisers. So if that's any guide, then uh, I think we've got something there that uh, could be quite special for both those shows. Uh, a quick one. Uh, one website has um, Inside Out as a 2011 production on 10. Um, I thought that show had had sort of slipped off the radar and 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 fizzled out. Uh, is 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 that back or is? We actually never said it was in production. We said it was in development at our upfront. I think it was just you guys that seemed to get a bit of a head of head of steam, um, and uh, not just saying you personally, but certainly with uh, other other websites. Um, it's a world that um, I particularly think uh, is, is a great world to play in. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we continue those conversations in regard to Inside Out, but um, it's still in that development phase at this stage. Okay. Um, sorry, I just had, had thought of another program that, that, that you uh, put a bit of publicity into and it's been on the news and I, I didn't mention it, and that, that was the can of worms um, with, with Dico. Is, is that still... Ready to go soon, or uh, that's uh, absolutely confirmed. We're ready to go. Um, I've got to say that uh, when Andrew uh, Dicko and uh, Dicko's pr- uh, manager and partner David Wilson uh, and Anita Jacoby came in, uh, who's also Anita, uh, who's uh, Andrew's partner uh, in his business, uh, came in and pitched uh, Can of Worms. Um, we just said yes straight away. Um, and again, I think that it was one of those shows that we thought was right for the audience at this point in time. Again, it's something that hasn't been done before. Uh, and uh, is it brave? Well, you know, I mean, everything you do in television is probably brave, but it's certainly considered as one that we think has a real chance. Uh, it does address what we would call the elephant in the room on topics and subject matters. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and it is the brainchild of, of Dicko. Um, he and I go way back, and it's it's one that I think can can really strike a chord. And it's sort of a, a, a cross between you know grill and transfer and, and Q and A probably other two analogies that I would draw on it. Uh, and uh, we're uh, going to be sitting down with uh, Andrew and Anita and Dicko again very soon to finalise our our plans. But we're Certainly, pre-production is certainly uh, certainly in our thinking at this stage. We, we've given the go-ahead for the series, and it will certainly be on on air this year. Lovely. Um, look, I, I did have some questions to ask you about a status update on a number of shows, but I just thought I might actually condense that um, and just ask about two of them, because uh, fans do ask. I did ask uh, Bev back in December, but I uh, will try again. Medium cancelled, 11 episodes to screen down under. Uh, can we expect those any time soon? No. Uh, no. No? There's an honest answer right there. No, it, 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 there's, there's nothing more than, than what Bev uh, mentioned to you um, uh, late last year. Uh, things have not changed yet and you know we continue to assess and find. I know there's only four medium it's one of my favourite shows as well. Uh, and um, so, well, But no, when, when we can find a home we will. Okay, and uh, also recruits. Um, have you said yes to a third series? Is that is that happening or? Uh, recruits is certainly one that we're uh, we're looking at at the moment going forward. It's a great brand for the network, so um, we do think it uh, it belongs on ten. 
And um, just finally, rather than sort of go through all these programs, I mean, because I think in some press releases this has already been announced, so it would be fair to say um, Undercover Boss Australia, Rush, Offspring, Bondi Vet, Keeping Up With The Joneses and the final season of Criminal Intent, they're all obviously part of the... Yeah, uh, coming back, absolutely. Some, some really time. proud of all those shows and uh, certainly Undercover Boss is, uh, is one show that, um, that uh, the team... Uh, at 10 found in the UK with the format. So we had the format knocked away some time ago, but um, and then CBS grabbed it. and So we've, we've had the benefit of having the format ourselves, and we felt that Southern Star were the right production partners for them, and they did an absolutely outstanding job with it. We're, so uh, it's been a good one for us. And so, yeah, you'll, you'll see another series of Undercover Boss Australia, and, uh, yeah, Bondi, I mean, Chris Brown is just well-established now, not only with 7pm, but... Um, also his own show, and even the summer series is doing exceptionally well winning at time slot. So um, that's been a good one, and and, um, and keeping up the Joneses, there's a lot more episodes of that going forward. So yeah, so it's a strong stable going through, going through the years. So those ones that we've mentioned will return along with uh, MasterChef Australia, Merlin, Burn Notice, Cops and Junior MasterChef, and they'll be on air in 2011. So yeah, pretty strong line-up there with um, all-round good mix of comedy, drama, reality, obdocs, Australian overseas shows. Um... So, I mean, is it cliche to say that this could be the strongest lineup yet for 10? Uh, look, I've, every broadcast will say that, so, you know, says that every year, and I think that best that we'll leave it up to the viewers to decide that, and I think everyone has their own opinions, but certainly we're very happy with, as, uh, as we scope out the entire year, uh, that um, it's in pretty good shape, and I think that where we're sort of positioning both channels now and, and obviously with one for, for those unique sport lovers and, uh, and also with, with how, we're, how we're seeing, uh, seeing 10 positioned and 11, as I said before, I, I think that's the sum of all the parts that gives us a, a very strong family and sort of suite of channels to market. So, uh, yeah, I'd have to say that um, we're in a pretty good position going forward. You know, not only today, um, as, we, as we move into the survey year, uh, as we start to roll out these shows, but you know, as we sort of set the foundations for the long term, and I think that um, both, uh, particularly with 10 and 11, I think that um, the way we position those channels um, does uh, does set us forward in a very positive way with, uh, with with unique content across both, which again is going to position us very differently to the other channels. But certainly with 10, I think that uh, yeah, uh, arguably in anyone's uh, guess that with the success we had with our domestic shows last year and uh, I don't think we had too much fail. In fact, I don't think we had anything really fail on this. Um, but uh, we've had a great year domestically, and that's uh, really um, my uh, full respects to uh, our executive production team and the head of programming, Beverly McGarvey, and, and the production uh, companies that produce the shows for us. Mm. Um, we've had an absolutely outstanding year domestically. So with those shows and with the, the US series coming through, I, I think we're in pretty reasonable shape. Well, finally, um, let's just very quickly cover the, the new early evening news programs. Um, Ten News at Five, very strong and being left untouched. Um, when you were thinking about running these new early evening news programs, was there any talk of removing Ten News at Five? I couldn't, I can't imagine there would be, but... Uh, we, we, we looked at every scenario, and look, it'd probably go, it's probably fair to say that, um, and again, it is worth touching on, so people, um, you know, fully understand the kind of rationale and strategy behind it. Um, there is, there is no doubt that um, in anyone's language, we, we, we've had to make the change. 
we observed and, and looked at broadcasters right around every every market around the world almost in sort of looking at what all the alternatives would be. Um, we've had great success with the 10 years at 5 uh, for many years. Uh, that change was made long before I arrived at 10 um, and it's been one of the one of the single most successful um, shows on the schedule and uh, with a great team and, and I think that um, the product has been first class at 5 o'clock. Um, but, you know, the, 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 that strategy was sound and was absolutely right. Um, but let's face it, that strategy came into a place uh, before this thing called the World Wide Web um, mm. and, and, and pre-pay TV and, and, and pre-multi-channeling. So that alternative strategy at 6 o'clock um, clearly absolutely worked for, for many, many years, um, but um, certainly a few of us at 10 realised that uh, that wasn't going to be the strategy long term and the fact that we, we, we will have to make a change. Uh, and that time is now. And uh, with the, again, with the benefits of launching 11, uh, really create that opportunity of, uh, of them going, okay, well then let's look at the alternatives at 6 o'clock. Um, and, um, and the most logical move is, um, is having news content between 6 and 7. It's what people want to see when they come home. Um, and it makes sense certainly for the, for the, for the 10 audience um, to have that news content there. Um, then once we made that decision, and I can say that we looked at all options, Biggest Loser at 6 o'clock, moving all those constructed reality shows, but they're expensive shows to have at 6 o'clock and they're on for 13 mm. weeks and then what do you do? We looked at game shows, we've got a whole range of things. At the end of the day, what people want to see is news when they come home, they want to know what's going on with news uh, and, and with the events of the day. So uh, we made the decision to then go with news. Um, we looked at uh, a whole range of options there. And yeah, we did discuss uh, whether we uh, whether we, we we left the news at five o'clock, but um, we've invested a lot in news at five o'clock, um, and we sort of looked at the U.S. scenario really, and, 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 and saw the opportunity of what they have almost rolling news services from four o'clock in the afternoon right through till seven o'clock. Right. Um, and so we've we've looked at that um, and said, well, there's no reason why that that style of scheduling can't be something that uh, that uh, that wouldn't work in this market, um, and so uh, we've uh, take, taken the view of of keeping the news at five o'clock. If we move the news from five o'clock, then others will occupy that space. Um, so uh, we weren't that silly. So we're going to mm. uh, maximise that audience there, and then feed an audience through to to six o'clock and six thirty. Um, if you look at two two of both of those shows. Um, the George Negus at six o'clock, and with the the six thirty news, we just addressed the six thirty news first. Um, um, very strong view um, we have that the that the current offerings at six thirty are almost least objectionable. Um, I personally think they've lost their way, uh, and I think that they're only only really uh, gathering an audience by default uh, because there's really nothing else on uh, for that for that new savvy audience um, or that broader audience. So. Um, we thought there was a real opportunity to create uh, an updated news service at 6.30. And also because there's a number of, uh, there's a lot of people who aren't home at 6 o'clock. And uh, we, we, we looked at the numbers really closely and saw that, you know, every 20 minutes to half an hour there's almost a million new people coming home. Mm. Um, so if you, if you roll home at 6.15, 6.20, you've missed the news and your only next uh, option is, uh, you know, 7pm project for updates. 
Uh, and, you know, th th there's no question that show is now well, well and truly established itself and, and is there to stay. Mm -hmm. um, or the ABC News. Um, and obviously you have the more, you know, with the modern channels with the, with the, with the ABC 24-hour news service, which is a very solid service as well. Um, but on the main, the, the main primary channels, there is nothing on the ABC at 6.30 and two very similar-looking tabloid current affairs shows. So we threw a real opportunity there. So um, I think that was an absolute no-brainer. Uh, there at 6.30 and uh, so away we go and uh, we've resourced that up and uh, that's going to uh, be uh, being updated with the absolute latest news at 6.30 um, and with the various local presenters in every market and we're obviously going local in every market um, with that news bulletin. Um, and then uh, that leads us to 6 o'clock and um, we, uh, we, we know and appreciate the fact, the strength of the current news services at 6 o'clock. They're actually very good bulletins, very, very strong news bulletins that both 7 and 9 put out, um, you know, despite your own prefer you know, personal preferences, but they're good bulletins. Um, and um, so rather than go head-to-head -head with, uh, with like for like, uh, we elected to go down a slightly different path and create a point of difference. So uh, and um, and it can sort of feed off our five o'clock news. So you've actually got your news today at five o'clock, and then we'll go into more detail with uh, with our six o'clock program with George Negus. Um, George is an absolute standout, and uh, and we are absolutely so thrilled to have him and agreed to come on board. And uh, chatting to him not that long ago when we were getting him over the line to do to do the program. And uh, he, uh, he's obviously um, enjoyed his time on the 7pm project uh, very much. And he thought that was uh, breaking crazy ground in, in presenting current events. Uh, and uh, for him and for us, the 6pm project with George Negus was the next one. So we are, we are you know, potentially breaking new territory. And people have asked, gee, it's risky. Well, you know, it's always, uh, you know, television is risky, but this one's a considered risk. Um, we know um, that this that if this will take time. Um, Jim Carroll, ahead of news, has brought together a, a terrific team um, of people both behind the camera and in front of the camera, um, and um, very happy with the way that's coming together. And um, we think that over time, um, that that hour can can improve our performance in six to seven and can resonate with an audience. But we do, we do know that this is all about habit. It's something that we said about the 7 p.m. project, and again, it's something that we, that we will say with between 6 and 7, because it's absolutely true. You can't, you can't just break people's habits overnight, and we know that something will define the show. Um, having George there at 6 o'clock gives us great awareness. He's got the experience. He's got the respect. And then we've got uh, a lot of the new, uh, new journos coming through who uh, have got, got, got some great energy, uh, and I know that's taking a line out of one of our promos, but it's absolutely true. And one of the things that George uh, said to us at the time we were talking to him was that, um, David, no one's asking the question why in news, and I think that's absolutely right, and that's what we'll do. So you'll come into 6 p.m. with George Negus, you'll absolutely get the news of the day. Um, you will not feel underdone or left out. In fact, you'll be far better informed because we're going to take those top five or six stories and, and give you more detail about the why. Um, so as news consumers, you will have a lot more information 
um, by the end of our or, or, or at the end of our new services, and then with uh, and then you get a further update at 6:30, uh, with uh, and particularly with new new consumers coming home uh, who maybe missed six o'clock, and then you've got uh, the 7 p.m. project that's uh, which kind of brings an end to your current affairs and news offerings for the night. So um, you've got your you, you've got your full sort of uh, portfolio of news of news programs. Um, ending with a 7pm product, that's sort of lighter tone, gives you a bit more of a background, a lighter touch to the news as you head into your entertainment schedule. So it absolutely makes sense um, and uh, we're, we're unwavering in our commitment to that strategy um, and uh, we think over time it's going to strike a chord. But we're also realists in knowing and uh, we've been around long enough to know that these things are going to take time. And uh, as we uh, did so with the 7pm project, uh, we're unwavering with that and that we've proven that to be right, and uh, we'll be proven right with this strategy over time. Very thorough answer. Um, look, I'll, I'll just give a quick rundown, a nice little promo for you of that news lineup. It's at January 24th, so 10 News at 5 will continue at 5pm as local bulletins around the country, then 6pm with George Negus, at 6.30, 10 6.30 evening news. They, they again will be local bulletins um, in each market and the 7pm project at 7 o'clock. Is that the date, is it? Well, that's the date you've announced. Oh, okay. Righto. Good on you. Surely in some of the publicity yes, material yes. that's gone but out... Oh, to... You never know. You never know. But I run with you on this occasion. Mm. <laughs> okay, so uh, let me ask you one final question to, to wrap up this podcast. Podcast um, overall, the 2011 lineup. What are the highlights? What are you most looking forward to or most proud of? Uh, I'll tell you at the end of 2011 what I'm most proud of. But I think that at the moment you'd have to say that for 10 there is um, great diversity of content there. I, I, again, for the, for the things we said, I love Hawaii Five and Blue Bloods. I think they're absolute standouts. And let's not forget a little show called Defenders that's just going to sneak through the schedule. Um, uh, as well uh, at some point throughout the year. Um, and um, But I, I think that right across the board with big family entertainment on 10, I think we're in, we're in really good shape there. And, you know, the Master Chef, uh, we're well in production there and, and that's looking good. And I think that Biggest Loser is going to surprise people on the upside. Okay, well, um, just a, a final comment, I guess. As I gaze into the crystal ball, I see that 2011 is going to be the biggest ever evolution for Network 10 in terms of product, branding, news and current affairs, and multi-channeling. Uh, you're a programmer that's taken many risks in the past, but this year it is not just one program like it was with MasterChef or Big Brother, but rather a whole brand, a whole schedule, and a whole new channel. So on that point, I say no pressure. Good luck and um, well done on, on being innovative with these changes and uh, thanks for joining me today and, and perhaps at Easter we can chat again about how it's uh, all been going so far. Thanks mate, always happy to do it at any time Aaron and uh, appreciate the time to uh, to give us the uh, time to talk about 10 but, uh, and 11 but uh, all things going well so far. David Mott, Chief Programming Officer at 10 there, thanks so much. You asked for it, you got it, more podcasts in 2011 coming.